nice one for uh, joining me sort of like Dave you know yeah, of no, course you know uh, I was joking before it's the first time I've actually kind of spoken to you like properly apart from asking you sort of like to be on this because after you helped me, <laughs> yeah after you helped me actually make my uh, made my sort of like project actually sound uh actually better <laughs> better from a mix and mastering point of view of me trying to do a botched job of it so uh so yeah it's a nice one for like just join in and just good just have a chat about music and what you do and just to kind of geek out about some stuff if that's cool yeah yeah of course yeah yeah we do something that's pinging away there <laughs> yeah there we go. yeah yeah no, all good all good so yeah man so i suppose just as a starting point like uh, you know just kind of you know introduce yourself just 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 kind of like you know tell us a bit about sort of like what you do and how long you've been doing it and how you got into it and all of that kind of all that kind of stuff would be cool too uh yeah yeah um i'm dave pilcher uh sort of uh, runners uh, caliber sound now where I write music for like tv ads and things like that um do bits of production work mixing and mastering as well um, but i've been known like i've used to produce loads of hip-hop as naive and sort of electronic stuff as naive machine as well um not so much these days i might release the odd thing if it gets used on an advert or something i'll like <laughs> put it out there and just like you know if anyone decides oh i like that and shazams it you know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah extra yeah. pennies cool. or whatever that adds up to a stream <laughs> uh, not a lot um yeah like I, i've been doing um probably the that ad TV stuff as Calibre Sound for like six, seven years now. Um, and before that, just, you know, producing for, I don't know, a long time. But I've, I've like always been writing tracks, writing music for, I don't know, 20 years or something since I was really young. Just loving it, basically. Just jamming on anything like, old com- like keyboards and computers and, yeah, just getting into that really. But then did like music tech at college and university um yeah and actually you know and then living with musicians writing stuff together yeah, and sort yeah. of bumming around for quite a while <laughs> not <laughs> like making much done. of a success yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah that's how yeah, it's no. Come. no 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 I like that I like that you know of course you know of course you know in, you know you know I quite you know I, I appreciate self-deprecation it's not used enough but uh but yeah <laughs> I hate what you're doing in between working and figuring stuff out and kind of like bumming around. I think we all kind of relate to a point. And it's funny, like even I'm just kind of hearing about you because of course, you know, before I, I suppose in my kind of like post bumming around sort of like sort of like, <laughs> trying to make something of myself, how I got to know you was through, uh, you know, through uh, Dr. Syntax, you know. Oh, was it? Oh, right, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, he was actually my housemate when I contacted no. him. Yeah, yeah. So Dr. Yeah. Syntax was my housemate. Um, finished off my EP and I sort of said, mate, my mixing absolutely sucks. I need help. And he went, oh yeah, I'll put you in touch with Dave. So at that time I was living, I was living, I was living with Dr. Syntax at the time. Uh, nice. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so that's, so that's how your sort of like name sort of like came about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so of course, sort of like, you know, the hip hop thing, you know, there was a few of us in that sort of like house, which, you know, hip hop heads and all of that. So it was, a, yeah. it was, it was a cool, it was a, it was a cool, loud, fun house, man. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> definitely definitely so, yeah definitely so that, that was a lot of fun man so that is cool especially around you know you producing your own writing and I suppose sort of like moving into more this more sort of like the higher and different doing different sounds for different people and stuff like that so I suppose sort of like for you of like you know it could be quite 
general or it could, I don't know, or it could be a sort of, a spe- if a specific track comes to mind, talk about that. So I suppose in the sort of music licensing world, I mean, many people here listening, you know, will kind of be aware of, aware of it, but I suppose just for clarity, just, just so we're all starting from the same sort of like basis, like what do you mean by kind of like the kind of whole kind of writing music for different companies and the whole kind of like sync sort of like a uh, well. So if you could just kind of give a brief overview of that and then we can get into some of the specifics about some of the work that you do, which would be pretty cool to get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of, it's one of those things where you, you meet a person who knows someone who knows someone who <laughs> like, I think um, I got, got into doing it through, um, I did uh, Jan Baxter produce one of his albums and I think the yeah. other producer on it his girlfriend uh, worked for a music licensing agency right. and they needed a load of music for a computer game um you know sort of electronic beats like hip-hop inspired but no samples and stuff and mine was at the time i think i'd done like a load of synth based beats and things like that um and ended up doing the music for that game um along that and then you know once you met someone who's in the kind of, kind of that music licensing world start getting other opportunities to write for stuff um which is which is great really yeah. um and that that's uh, in in that realm there's kind of putting tracks up like you know if you want to license this to something they can do that and there's a couple of agencies at the time i don't know that was probably 12 years ago or something like that <laughs> yeah no 10 years ago yeah uh, uh, where tracks you know get licensed to an advert or something and you get a little payday from that but what often helps is then people shazam it, listen to it, and suddenly you see your streamings go nice, nice, um, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then it's the yeah, custom music, you know, meeting the music supervision agencies and the people's working at them, um, and just they get in contact, pay you to write a demo uh, for uh, an advert, and then obviously if you're successful in that, they can you develop it. Um, but that that's just generally specific types of music they'll go oh can you write a track like this a track like this or something between these three tracks and <laughs> um, so generally you know they won't come to me for like some metal or something like that because you know i can't really write that <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah 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 i have a, a a fairly broad sphere of things can write but that that's yeah <laughs> like indian metal isn't necessarily what i'd go don't have a band at my disposal yeah 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 and actually it's interesting sort of like saying about you know, certain things you write, certain things you don't, because you know we're you know we're not we're not all prints and can write anything. You know, no. it's, one those, it's one of those things of just combination of what you're good at, but also sort of like what you like, maybe do little kind of like sprouts yeah. of like off that really. So that, so I suppose with you said you sort of said you know sort of make sort of like hip hop, but like any music makers are all listening and drawing from different sort of like things. I suppose sort of like for you. Um, and you mentioned, I just want to link a few things together. You mentioned from different companies, they might, you know, they might have some reference tracks or some yeah. like grief or something like that. So how do you, how do you sort of take the brief of what they're giving you, but then try and kind of put your sort of like style <laughs> in there? Like, like talk, talk through that. There may not be a right or wrong answer. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, it's just interesting to hear about that. Yeah, I mean that that could be hard because sometimes they're really set. They're like, "We love this track," and that's it. And you go, "What? Well, right?" So I've got to write something really close to that track, but also sound completely different because they'll have um, musicologists who'll 
look at the track and go, that's too close. You know, you've used these too many notes. It's in the same key. So I generally will like always go in a different key to any reference track. So that, right. you know, whoever's listening is like, oh, that sounds different. And yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, like, it's, it's like gone up on mine the third. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Got a different tune. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and flipping the kind of chord, uh, you know, don't follow the same chord patterns and progressions, right. you know, flip them around a bit, but obviously it's got to keep the mood. So sometimes that can be tricky. Uh, but using the similar sound palettes, but again, can't be the same. So, but, you know, if the reference track's got a live bass guitar in it, it might be, I might often stick with a, a live bass guitar because that that that's they like that in the track or something uh yeah so stick into it but it like maybe making it sound a bit different or playing it slightly differently i think there was one i had with a bass guitar where it was kind of had like slap variants in it and you know you know going in there to play it and going oh it sounds really you know playing a completely different riff but when i add a little slap here and there yeah just it does link it back into that one so i was like oh i don't know if I can actually have that in there because it, it mm. um, but i sent the uh music supervision options with both saying this is the one where the baseline sounds you know in the in the realm of that because it's got that sound in there and here's it with you know just playing it normal um, <laughs> yeah yeah give them flexibility to change i suppose yeah. you know more flexibility of course i'm assuming you're probably gonna submit stems of these tracks so you can kind of like do their own things or do you just kind of like send here's the track mix mastered here it is like how uh, so it varies like um only only once you're successful i mean or, or they're like we really like your track can we have the stems so we can play around with it doesn't sometimes you're like yes i'm in with a chance now and then you go nah actually you don't like yeah. it and you're like oh all right oh, bloody um well. But uh, yeah, sometimes we'll end up sending stems to the track and they'll kind of mix it. Or sometimes the mix I'll do will be just the one they'll use. Mm. Um, actually, most of the time when they do mix it, it sounds worse. And, and there's one in particular. <laughs> oh, really? I went into like this studio in central London where they were mixing it with all the ad and it was like some famous engineer. You go, wow, surely he's going to make it sound amazing. It sounded mm. awful. And oh. specifically from a bass point of view. Really? Um, I know they, they, you know, they can strip a lot of the bass out for coming out of TVs and things like that. Yeah. Also, you you took so much low end and so much energy out of the track that, to me, it just sounded like flat and messy. And I was thinking, the mix I gave you wasn't bass heavy. Like, mm. it, it sounded much better, to my ears anyway, just warmer. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting, yeah. And also just a few things sort of said around, you know, you know, really taking that low end and kind of, you know, just lacking energy. And it sounded like it's, it sounded, you know, your mix sort of like a lot warmer. So I suppose that's, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, I mean, mix would be good to sort of like get into in the moment. Yeah, we could, yeah, yeah. But, but it's like, it's interesting. I mean, I mean, of course, you know, I, you know, you know, sort of like got you on this sort of, you know, as a bass player, you know, interesting sort of like <laughs> talking about the bass in production and sort of other side of things. Yeah. I suppose sort of like for you, um, I suppose it's, it's even more like funner to talk about as like a, another sort of like, you know, hip hop head. It's always like a good sort of like geek out <laughs> sort of things. I suppose sort of like for you, like, I suppose, let me narrow it down. Let me keep it specific to hip hop for a moment. So, so specific to hip hop, what, what elements of a bass line do you like or are you personally drawn to? That's a tricky question in a way because there's, there's so many ways to approach a baseline in, yeah. in that. Cool. Um, I yeah, I guess it warmth. It, it has to be. It's like 
a bit bouncy for me. Like, you know, kind of like a Jay Diller style baseline where it's yeah, like just yeah, free. Yeah, yeah. It's not quantized. It's just like a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Those, I do love that. Not necessarily to that sort of groove or beat, but just the, the way a baseline's a bit freer and mm. not, not necessarily a loop. It like might have a little variation here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unquantized, basically. Yeah. Um, I, I guess that's... But not that I do that in every track for sure. I'll, I'll slappily slap a couple of 808s of on the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that could do sometimes. Um, yeah. No, definitely. And I think there's that, there's Groove and also you said about, I suppose, the warmth. I suppose with that, there's the kind of sonic sort of like character to it as well. So I suppose, you know, I know it's all sort of like subjective, but whatever it sort of like means sort of like to you not looking for a universal sort of like dictionary sort of like definition i suppose yeah. when you say warmth like in a music sort of like context like what does that what does what does that mean to you what, what's the best way to describe that of how that makes sense in your head um so that doesn't necessarily mean just like more bass yeah um, or like because you could have a bass in the track and it's like too boomy and just muddy um it can, it can be the sounds you use, like the tone of the synth or the tone of the bass, because you could, like, you know, you could have a really subby bass, but that won't necessarily come through and sound nice in amongst the track. Yeah. Um, so from from a mixing perspective or mastering, like I might use a tiny bit of saturation or something like that to bring out some sort of lower mids and, it's, it just, and some harmonics that in the mix can just, I don't know, they, it's this... Maybe it's a lower mid kind of mm. range, but that can also be a, a, an area of harsh frequencies that kind of make don't sound great. So it's, it's tricky. It's, it's in there, uh, just the tone of the sounds used. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes doesn't necessarily sense. mean stripping treble out either. Obviously, something like really trebly can sound a yeah. bit digital and harsh, but mm. you know, in a bass, I actually quite like a lot of top end in the bass because I find that cuts through in the mix and you hear a little bit of twang um but having the, the punch and the the lower mids in there as well actually that's interesting actually that's, that's probably something which um i know i personally still learning because my mixing's now got to a point of like passport is still not great <laughs> um but i think uh just with you know sort of with bass around the role sort of like of sort of like high end it's not just Boost yeah. the low, low mids, the sort of like to get it to cut through. There's actually, you know, it, it's how it fits into how it fits into everything else about what you sort of like hearing. So, so, so it's a good sort of like point you mentioned around the high end sort of uh, yeah. importance and impact on the on 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 the baseline. That's interesting to hear, actually. Yeah, I mean, often say I used to do more live sound as well, where you know the bassist would just I don't know they would turn off most of the treble on the bass. You know, like it just sounds like mud coming through the system. So I'm like. Can you just give me some top from the bass? And often I find myself EQing just so you can hear the bass quite a lot of high, not the real highs, but just so you hear some of the, the those higher notes cutting through nice. Because, yeah. um, you know, you want to hear the bass in the, in the track, not just like a kind of the weight of it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And actually, it's pretty cool, actually, sort of like to hear, like, you know, done some sort of like, you know, live sound as well. So I suppose in between that and the recorded sort of like side, you just can't, I mean, I mean, for I mean, for you, what was that? Was that something you did? A lot of the live sort of like stuff, was that just in, in amongst the bits and bobs of general music creations that you were doing? Like what part did like live sound of like playing like your role in like doing music? Uh, I, 
I probably did it once a week at some venues in London, yeah. uh, once or twice a week um, for a few years. And it was, it was, you know, the opportunity came up to do it. And I went, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll give of, that a go. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I still do it now and then um, as a favor. Uh, yeah. I suppose it, it helps you learn extra stuff and like working with different mixers and how they operate and learning how musicians operate as well. Uh, and yeah, different opportunities to mix different people, playing styles that I've worked with. So yeah, did learn a, a fair bit through that. Also working with some pretty rubbish gear uh, occasionally. <laughs> so like, you know, yeah. the limitations can force you to um, work in a different way. Of course, of course. So I used to like, yeah, I'll just EQ that, compress that. And you go, well, I can't, I've got like two compressors. So what, what's that kick and vocal maybe or something? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. That makes that makes sense. That makes sense. Work, work, work working with what you got. I suppose it's working with what you've got. Um, sort of, uh, you know, equipment wise, but then working with what you've got. Thinking of the work you've done in the music license world of working with what you've got of uh, deadlines. I suppose you yeah. know, you, you haven't got forever to uh, create. So I suppose it'd be cool. Let's kind of like delve into that. So I suppose just as one point, um, you know, not expecting you necessarily to kind of reel off your whole kind of like life's work. But if you can like kind of like start off with, with maybe sort of like saying some of the brands that you've worked with and then after that, then we then we can maybe sort of like talk about a bit of a creative process from the point of when you've received a reference track or a brief. So just tell us about some of the, some of the companies, brands you work with. It'd be cool to hear some of that. I mean, there's loads um, like Guinness, Sainsbury's, mcdonald's pringles bailey's footlock i mean yeah footlocker is there's loads like i've um, done adverts for um yeah like, yeah, yeah there's a lot yeah 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 lot. you cut yeah go through <laughs> lots of them yeah yeah. yeah yeah that's great i suppose um with uh with sort of you know working to a point you've got you've got a reference track uh mm and 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 a brief so you've so you've got that and then you're trying to make sense of what they actually want so i suppose let's maybe start from that point of when you receive when when talking general terms when you've received a reference track a brief or both um from one from from receiving that is there any back and forth of trying to understand it a bit more or is it pretty much you're working with this and you need to just kind of <laughs> get in their heads of show them what they want like how how does that process work of just understanding actually where the music's going yeah and like chat with the music supervisor all the, the positive elements of the reference tracks the negatives yeah. um to try and get like okay the more this direction so you're liking that from there and that from there and try and put them together sometimes you know i'll do a terrible job like, <laughs> like, oh. but then it's, sometimes it is the time frames because you're often given you know one two days sometimes it can be a week mm -hmm. um, which is great but when you're given like a day or two like if you're not in the zone you could do your best but like it's sometimes just not long enough to like hone like because what's great you can like sit down try and write something along that line it doesn't work scrap it start again yeah which can can help um but I'll sort of listen to the tracks. Um, I'll load up sort of instrumentation around them that I think I'll get, you know, if it's a live bass or something, I'll probably get the bass out, try and set something similar to that. Some plugins that are going to work along that. Cool. Um, emulation or whatever, and all the synths of getting them ready. 
the drums and all the sounds that I think are going to work. And then I'll kind of go through and kind of do the layout, like what hit points in the, the video I think need to work, the tempo, um, and then just start playing around basically. can depends what the tracks are based around. If they've kind of got a very rhythmical thing, I might start actually programming the drums and then some chords and bass. But sometimes it can equally start with just playing bass. Um, over a click trying to work something out because like that's a bass heavy track sure sure um, yeah so very, it very much varies yeah yeah and i suppose within that um like you sort of said you sort of laying out all the instruments so with you you know like there's sort of like talk let's talk gear let's talk some of the stuff that you sort of like use i, I mean i mean that you like a template person in your door do you just kind of like go with whatever the track sort of like goes like 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 what are you working in and how do you sort of like set out what setup that you're working in uh, I, I work in Logic, really, um, and then uh, synth-wise, I've got a sub thirty-seven. I use for a lot of bass lines and leads. Yeah, um, got a cool Prolog as well, which I use uh, for pads and key sort of stuff. Which is actually really useful. Some some more FM bass lines. It's got some cool like multi-patch stuff on it, and then got some vintage ones. But I rarely use them anymore because <laughs> like, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're just yeah. not as versatile. Uh, pull them out when i had like some 80s tracks to that come in references like there's a juno and a uh a poly six which i might use for bass and keys or stuff like that mm. but only really for the 80s vibes but they are capable of doing more than that but it's just like when you've got modern gear it's just like chuck it into logic and kind of play around more with it like on a midi track that goes back to it and yeah. you make a mistake it's much more easy to <laughs> correct it yeah and i suppose as well of working to these tight deadlines i suppose there's just, that just comes with just the reality of just more flexibility with midi yeah changing stuff or maybe i like that maybe i like what i play choose it to a different sound or yeah or even, or even back and forth with revisions as well if you've kind of yeah. i don't know like there was a period of time even with myself of just you know messed about with like lots of little you know having a having a guitar pedal chain and doing sort of like all sorts and it's cool when i'm making my own sort of like stuff or doing that just to create some really crunchy hi-hat pattern but if i was going back and forth with a if a company to change that okay how so how you how did i get that sound again and going back just to change oh, that, yeah. it's just it's hard work <laughs> yeah it's a it's a pain when you've i mean i've done it and not saved the preset or something like that where i've made a lead and gone oh yeah they like they like the sound, but they don't like what I played. And you go, oh, no, I've got to make that again now. Um, sometimes that's easy, but you can, like, it always feels when you make something again the second time round. It's like, oh, it's not as good as the first time I got it. Why? What? What? Um, but, yeah, the modern ones, like, saving the presets or kind of having it in the door um, where, you know, you can automate automation, got everything, replay it on a new sound pretty easily. It's that, That's great. Yeah. Um, so I mostly use the modern synths these days. Yeah, makes life easy. I suppose you kind of of doing the audio, um, it makes you almost like think of like the pain people had like how long ago of like, <laughs> of like trying to do recalls on desks. Oh yeah, yeah. Nightmare. I mean, I used to play all the synths in just as audio um, oh. from the old vintage when I used all the old vintage ones, and but just and this is before you had flex or anything in Logic, so you do like take and be like chopping it up if you got it mistake. Yeah, uh, but it's yeah. still the same, you know, playing bass or guitar in like, but it's so nice, you know, Logic and Ableton, you know, the editing now, the flex and kind of the pitch stuff you can do. It's is amazing. Amazing. Like the amount of 
takes I don't need to do anymore <laughs> to like get something perfect. Yeah, yeah. I was especially when you're on a time limit is great. Like put the bass in, ah, that's all right. It's and then you listen to it, go, well, I'm well out of time. But you know, nudge it in, sounds fine. In. Yeah, exactly. Well, especially if you do a bum note as well, even that's just so easy to change now without having to replay it all. Yes, yeah, no, it is amazing. It is mm. amazing. So, so yeah, so you've got in place, so, you, so you've kind of like made sense of the reference track and brief. You, you kind of think you've kind of like got in the head of like what you need to deliver, <laughs> um, you know, sort of like playing about sort of like in your door and creating sort of like different sort of like parts. Um, I suppose what I find sort of like interesting is like, I mean, you sort of like mentioned, you know, sort of playing you know playing bass lines or simps or like maybe getting like maybe getting your bass guitar out if the tune calls for it yeah I suppose another sort of question depending if the tune calls for it of just uh of um different types sort of like bass lines of course you know there's playing it on a synth yeah playing it on a guitar but then there's also just 808 in it as well so I suppose yeah. sort of like for you is there any rhyme or reason to how you kind of approach sort of like those what you think sort of like a track needs whether it's more of a a synth bass an 808 bass or something a bit more bass guitar sounding like how, how do you approach that actually sometimes you know you just try them all <laughs> see what sounds best <laughs> yeah. uh like you, and sometimes you know a live bass with a synth bass over top sounds great you know like playing the same sort of thing and um, so they're not competing yeah. um don't do that quite a lot um Obviously, the 808 in there can get in the way, but it depends on where it's playing. If the 808 is generally very subby and you've got the bass playing higher up, they can they can work really nicely together um, with that. But I might choose a short, shorter 808, not one that's just like boom, dominating the entire low end for quite a long release. Right. Um, just to, yeah, take that release off and then give a bit of room for bass after it. Okay, so you've got more of the percussive sort of like boom and then you get more of the note of the bass sort of like ringing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, playing around with that, but yeah, it's it's all just experimentation, really. I don't necessarily have a set way of doing it. If it sounds good, it sounds good. Um, just yeah. try not to make it muddy, I guess, in in that low end. But I've definitely done that before in the past. <laughs> like, man, gone, yeah, all the bass. This is about some of the old tracks going. Yeah, I could have eased off a bit there, um, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And uh, no, that makes sense around. So it's the separation between if you if you're using an 808 and a sort of like a bass guitar. Um, you mentioned something which something I haven't sort of like played about with of say having a having a having a sort of a synth lead bass and a sort of like a bass guitar sort of bass. So yeah. how how do you approach the separation so they can both be friends and both exist on the same track? Like how 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 do you, like from a, from an EQ in space or where they are perspective? How do you approach that? Um obviously trying to eq uh the kick in there so where the kick is placing depending on what kick sound you you know use the where that's going to pop and need cutting is is on where what sound you're using so an 808 is going to be lower so then the bass you kind of want to eq a bit higher but having like a synth and a bass guitar um again it's, it's the sound you're using but i might choose to have the synth playing a bit more subby and the bass a bit more lower mids and just EQing them around each other. I'll typically try and do so they've got space um, and having them playing similar parts. So they're not getting all crazy and intricate around one another. If they're, for me, if they're working on the same team together, you can get some cool tones. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Look, okay. Maybe some light little extra bits on one of them um, at the end of the bar or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's still bits. I suppose with like Tony sort of like mentioned of um yeah, you know, you sort of like mentioned some of the analog synths that you sort of like use. Um, you know, and I see, you know, I see a bass guitar in the back. Uh so I was yeah. uh, so I was wondering, so when you sort of like, you know, pull that out and you kind of incorporate that, incorporate that into a track, um like t- like what are some like go-to maybe sort of like processing you sort of like go to sort of like with that, whether it's kind of like, you know, whether it's like, you know. Like base, you know, um, like like simulation sort of like cams and other sort of like stuff. Like, what do you, what sort of like your go-to things of uh of like of like shaping the tone of a bass guitar when you when you've recorded something in Logic? Yeah, um, because I'm just plugging it straight in uh, to my interface. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll just be using some amp emulation, like a guitar rig has some good bass settings. Even the logic built-in ones not like is quite good because I quite like a clean bass tone. Sometimes yeah. you know overdriven can sound pretty cool, um, but yeah, nothing special really. Just a bit of amp emulation, I think is quite nice. But even sometimes just nice, clean and dry mm. um, can sound great. But obviously compressing it, I find making it a bit punchier. Um, I generally always do, and EQing it so it's, it's working around everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, you've touched on something which is probably probably a bit of a selfish question, but I think it might be of use to other people sort of like uh, listening. Uh, so compression on compression on the bass, like what? I mean, I mean, you know, there's not necessarily going to be like a golden sort of like ratio between sort of like thresholds. I mean, that does. No, no. It's I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I mean, that doesn't exist. I suppose for trying to get a bass punchy, what are you? What? what in the bass are you trying to react to like how are you adjusting the settings to get it to react to create that punchy sound like what 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 are you thinking about when you kind of it, de- it depends on the feel you want to get from the bass okay um if you want it all squashed and like like coming out um you can do that yeah uh, yeah i just find it very varies completely on the tone of the track i'm trying to make um so you can crank the ratio right up and just squash everything so the quiet bits are loud and the loud bits are kind of pop down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think there's, for me, there's not really a setting. I kind of just fiddle around with it until it <laughs> sounds nice. Um, yeah, I prefer, because I prefer to have the quiet bits coming up a bit and in this, there's no, yeah, not too much dynamic range, but you do want some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe uh, again, you can play with the release time on it. A slow release kind of has more of a natural feel to it. Okay. Um, but if you've got the fast release, it can you can hear the kind of transient change. Uh, for me, yeah, depend. Yeah, depends on the feel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now that's now that's got. I think yeah. Now that that is that is cool too. So you kind of got. You've got that, of course. That's kind of you know, and of course, a tune consists of more of bass. So you're just kind of working on, yeah. know, like um, elements of that. And I suppose with the um, you know, because you know, when you're submit when you're submitting music to music supervisors to hopefully get in a situation of pick me, pick me, and the tunes yeah. <laughs> selected. So I suppose with you, um, you know, you're making the track. Uh, you've got it sort of like laid out, it's doing what it's doing, you know, you're probably doing some mixing as you're going or some bits at the end. So I suppose with with like mastering 
it sort of like of how of 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 how you do it um are you are you kind of is that very set is that a very separate process in your mind or you were you kind of thinking about that at, at a particular point in the track when you when you're thinking oh, okay the mix is kind of getting in the ballpark of where i think it where i think it could get to and now i'm thinking about how you're gonna get how you're gonna get that nice punchy you know loud clean sound like how how you how are you approaching that uh when writing the track i kind of do it as i go along i'll be trying to mix stuff um for the final submission we'll go over it way more you know adjusting all the levels correctly and then same on the master um but generally i, I try to do it as i go along um i might change the plugin on the master so as i'm going along i'll probably just have something that doesn't cause much latency so it just sounds good as i'm going right um, and then we'll swap to something like you know fab filter pro l2 or something on the end which kind of will bring everything together really nicely um but does introduce a bit of latency so you probably don't want it when you're writing there yeah uh, but yeah I, I don't know if i'm thinking about it all the time really just to sort of do the mix as it goes along and then just tighten it up towards the end really so it's, it's always i always try and make everything sound nice as i go um because i find that helps sometimes <laughs> for me like the vibe as well yeah, um, yeah. but then sometimes you can get to the end and you kind of listen to the reference track and you're like yeah i need to put more top end on this or something or like that's i'll try and mix it like the reference track as well which is actually really handy when people can send like can you make my tracks sound like this mm. and you go oh, okay yeah you want it more like that where sometimes left to my own devices i might assume so some mixes i've made too clean and crisp because right. i presumed that's the genre they were trying to go for but they're like oh no can we actually have it a lot duller and like more warm? i was like oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah can do go over it all again and sort of do that for them but uh I've lost my trail of thought. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 it's fine. No, because you're sort of like talking around, you know, it, you know, sort of like mixed as you go, so you can kind of get an idea of how it sort of like is, and you know, and you know, and change the sort of like plugging from the master inside, and then I suppose how that fits into references in in that, you know, there's not just you master and that's it, it's all based on personal style and what you're kind of going for and or what the music sort of like says. So yeah, that that kind of so yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that all. Yeah, I, I was following you. I was following you. I was following you there. Right, yeah. All, I mean, mastering wise, you know, you can make stuff feel super loud. You know, the kind of uh, luffs ratio and all of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, generally, for the ad world, I send stuff loud um, to them because sometimes, you know, these, these are music people. You think they'd be listening through some decent systems to evaluate music that they play, but they'll often just be listening to a laptop or something mm. and so you need it loud and punching through that um and some people are send stuff to like hey here's how you know spotify or whatever they want it so there's wider dynamic range but they'll listen to it and go why does it sound like really quiet and not as good as the other mix you know well because that's you know that's how you can submit it now but still, like everyone still wants the kind of i want the loud one it just sounds amazing on everything give it to me um, loud yeah yeah <laughs> be like yeah but if you upload into the streaming people you, you can use this one uh, which yeah offers more dynamics the, the range between the quiet and loud moments and um, can be nice on sp specific genres yeah and um 
actually that's um, I think I seen something you know when I you know when I spoke to you before you sort of like coming on it just to sort of like just you know just just to ask you oh yeah can you be on my podcast please um around um around mastering for different listening environments uh mm. you know I sort of like when I first met you and it was great a, 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 you know a quick tangent but uh but relevant you know but I, but I think relevant in that it was the first thing I decided to share outside of my laptop my group of friends my parents and uh <laughs> <laughs> so 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 with that I just I was really conscious about how it came up on different systems like I remember yeah in my mixing I boosted quite a bit of it and I asked you genuinely look for some feedback because I'm new to someone to get better. And you made a really interesting point, sort of saying that I actually boosted like some, like the bass a bit too much around sort of like the low mids around, I think it was around two, two fifty, three hundred. It's that you, you felt it was quite high and it was interesting because that was okay, a conscious, yeah. naive decision. Cause I was thinking I want, I want it to cut through on yeah. laptops and phones. Um, yeah. So that was a, that was, that was a conscious thing, but then potentially detrimental to how, the overall music sound is. So I suppose with that in mind of different listening environments, different devices, you know, you mentioned in, in the sync well, so things coming through on TV. And then of course the smaller devices, like how, how do you think about mastering of trying to, <laughs> of trying to find a medium between all of those? Cause it's such a wide range. It must be difficult. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's just, it is to mix on a good system to start with. So you can really hear and try and get your room as balanced as possible. I mean, I have some sort of sound absorbing things around the room, but it's, it's yep. uh, not a perfect room I'm doing it in at all. But I use, um, I actually find really good uh, Sonar Works as reference for, which measures your room and kind of gives you an EQ curve based on the kind of your room acoustics. Ah, um, okay. Which is, which is actually, you know, you can use it in any room. I mean, obviously the ideal scenario is have a fully neutral room you're listening in to go, right, this is what it sounds like. But it's that that's a really interesting tool i think it's a couple of hundred quid but it's it's worth it i think mm. um for listening and obviously having decent monitors to listen through uh does help quite a lot <laughs> it was very important um yeah i i use that uh in my room to make sure i'm kind of listening as, as neutral as i can do sure i'm fully paying a lot to uh sort my room out um <laughs> Where's I going? <laughs> no, it's fine. So, so, so yeah, so you're, uh, so you're talking about, um, so we're talking about, you know, of course, you know, the Martian, how it sounds. Oh, like, for varying things. Yeah. yeah. So start off things. there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, make it sound good um, in a good room. And then we'll kind of evaluate it on either uh, Avatone Mix Cube, which is like, it's like a really good kind of like, if it sounds good on that, it will sound good on everything. And that loads. That I've run it through that will listen and go can I hear the bass in that still um, and then just running it through laptop speakers although I have like the new MacBook Pro and they're actually really good the speakers on it now <laughs> you kind of want like uh, uh, some not so good ones yeah 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 um, yeah testing it on that uh, but it, if you're boosting things after you know to consciously get it to sound good um, it's there are going to be like unpleasant frequencies that are then going to come up. So I'll probably have some dynamic EQ popping those down. Um, particularly in bass guitar, it can be the odd one. You're like, whoa, that frequency is jumping out a bit much or is played a lot in that key. Um, so just 
when it hits that note, the dynamic EQ will just reduce that frequency a bit, but you can still overall keep that um, area present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. That's that makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. yeah. And I, I, a bit of I find like sort of bit of saturation or something really mild, like analog. If you can run it through an analog desk, I mean, I have a tape machine. I can run stuff through, but even just going through the transistors, it like it helps to like bring stuff together. Um, I use I've used over time different plugins, but I use at the moment. Um, what do I use? <laughs> uh, I know Fab Filter Saturn, like a saturation plugin, which you can use to mega distort stuff, but or just like tiny. Um, I use I use Softube Drama plugin. It's like okay. a really simple plugin, um, but like that actually has some sort of bass control setting. Just use it on really really mild, like ten percent or something, and it can just like help. I don't know. Give it that kind of you put it through an analog desk and it just sort of tames it just adds the warmth that's talking about you just mm. those things can i find really helpful okay um, on that's, a master that's good to know and um you know i've got you know i've got to ask i've never had the time chance to sort of play with one but you meant you meant you you referenced it you know you got a tape machine there so, mm. so so with that uh do you use that just for mastering has there been any times you've done it for you've run through specific elements of a track that you're working on like like how have you used like how you know how have you used your uh, tape machine in your in your productions mostly just for mastering actually um but i've i've tried i mean i need some more time actually to just experiment and play with it it sounds great putting the synth on it and then putting it back into the um door but yeah, I just run tracks through it and just gone like, oh, you know, I don't actually know, know what it's doing, but you can hear it like it's, yeah, yeah. it's sort of tightening the highs and the low, like it just kind of, it's just like really subtle, the saturation, you know, you can emulate it really well on the computer now, but it's still the real one just does something to it um, that just gels things together, I find. Um, yeah. Yeah. I need to use it more creatively. I did. I did have a, a big play when I first got it, as in like doing tape loops and like I just didn't actually <laughs> like use them in anything. It was just more fun playing around. Yeah. Then you like you these days. I'm writing something quick. I kind of want that goes into the computer. It's done. I could run it to that. I then back to the computer and go, "Well, that sounds nice," but it's just more effort and time. Yeah, time and, and tape those, those, dead, those deadlines. Yeah, tapers. Of course, it's not you know. Yeah. The more you use that, there's a point you need to kind of you know replenish it, and then you're working yeah. sometimes today to 24, 48 hours sort of like deadlines. You just gotta get it done, oh, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. I suppose sort of um, just sort of like thinking you've been you know you've been you've been really generous with your time, and uh, you know it's been cool sort of like chatting and geeking out about some stuff. I suppose for like you know. For like people sort of like listening if they want to sort of check out check out what you do and and hire your services or sort of like get in touch where's the best place to uh contact you uh calibersound.co.uk yeah um that's c-a-l-i-b-r-e <laughs> I, <laughs> calibre um, some people pronounce it but yeah I like that oh, stuff, ca- yeah. Ca- calibre calibre like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's are you are you dave from calibre sound like some people have run that is i that is i like, yeah caliber yeah <laughs> yeah 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 uh yeah that yeah the website basically yeah yeah 
No, sounds good. Sounds good. Brilliant. Well said. Well, yeah. So nice one. Nice one for that day. Cheers. Cheers for, uh, yeah. Cheers for kind of hopping on and chatting to a random yeah, no guy. Chatting to a random guy that you've never met before, but been kind of cool. <laughs> like, Do you know what? I'll have a chat before I get on with my working day. So no, 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 jokes aside, I genuinely appreciate it. Nice one for that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, good meeting you as well. Okay, right. Okay, right. Okay. All right. Nice one.